0: listening to the Grapevine Church of Christ Shepherding Podcast. I'm Scott. Thank you for staying with us as we think through these qualities and qualifications of elders and shepherds. Now, if you remember a few few podcasts back, we talk about how these lists in Timothy and Titus are not comprehensive, meaning that there are other things that aren't listed. Some are assumed, and some may be pertinent for some congregations, but not for others. For example, Paul in these texts didn't require that the elder be baptized. But we infer, through our understanding of Scripture and the knowledge of their context, that converts were baptized. If we nitpick enough, we might find other things that aren't mentioned but are inferred. And whereas in some congregations, not much more than these lists may be required, in others, the candidate may need to exhibit qualities that are specific to that community, to that context. And these may be qualities that aren't necessarily listed in these two specific texts. So it's not comprehensive. By the way, it's also important to remember that these lists, they require deeper scrutiny and we should not gloss over them at first glance. Neither should we ordain a man as bishop at first glance either. In you know, extreme cases, if a man does measure up to most or all of these qualities, he may not be qualified to be called an elder. And it's important to remember that these lists require deeper scrutiny and they shouldn't be glossed over. Neither should we ordain a man as an elder or a bishop at first glance either. In extreme cases, even if a man does measure up to most or all of these qualities, he still may not be qualified to be called an elder. Some men are called to lead in other areas. You may be called to lead as a deacon or as a ministry leader or just be the best father in your home that you can be. And that's okay. Not Every man will be qualified or even called to be an elder. Now, when we look at the next quality, that's the Timothy passage. In uh, chapter 3, verse 4, it says, He must manage his own household well, keeping his children submissive and respectful in every way. While the Titus passage in in chapter 1 says, Whose children are believers, not accused of debauchery and not rebellious. Now, some take this at face value and they ask, Are his kids believers? Are they baptized? And then they stop there. If they are, then good, you're qualified. Sadly, in the past, some men have been selected primarily because their kids were regular churchgoers, and they only found out later that their kids attended church more out of fear than faith. The man was selected and ordained only later to discover that he ruled his household with an iron hand, and he'd go on to rule his church with that same iron hand. So, is this about having kids who mind? Who who go to church? Or is this more about having kids who are faithful followers of Jesus Christ? Quickly, on a side note, some people have said that since the scriptures say children, plural, that the candidate must have more than one child. Now, for those who argue this point, you need to remember that in Koine Greek, scripture allows for the singular within the plural. Look in Acts 2.39, says this promise is for you and for your children, and you'll see that you although singular here, is actually plural. Sadly, we don't argue this for some reason in these texts. It's evident of lazy theology, because digging deeper requires effort. Now, for this quality, though, the way a man manages his home is a significant insight into how he's going to manage the church, which means there are deeper questions here other than, are his kids baptized believers? Now, in this case, the key lies with how he cares for those who he is directly responsible for. Has he shown the ability to lead his children? Has he showed the ability to lead others in a greater maturity with Christ? This question is answered by looking at his family first. When Paul says an elder must manage his own family well, he's speaking as if a man's family is his first little congregation. And Luke 16.10 says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. But if three of his four children have no use for the church, what does this say of his spiritual leadership? And with this in mind, some deeper questions may be worded this way. Uh, is this man's faith actually working in the most intimate and intensive relationships? I think that's the question we asked earlier. Is, it, is his faith working in the, the midst of his home or his first congregation? Has he given his children a faith that determines how they live for a lifetime? Has this man, in the big picture, produced a stable, believing family? Here's one. Does this man have a track record of discipling leadership? Deeper questions here. Who do you know who loves and cares for his family? Who do you know that has sacrificed time, success, and possibly career for the sake of his family? Now, if you know of someone then keep these deeper questions in mind. For a man learns how to lead, how to sacrifice, and how to love through the context of the daily interactions he has with his own family. If you want to see how a man will elder a church, if you want to see how a man will lead, look at his family first. You've been listening to Grapevine Church of Christ. For more information, visit our website, www.grapevinechurch.com.